0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in
1: auto detailing. Welcome to the community.
0: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or go to the Hyper Clean Specialist Group, interact with us there that's where you're going to have a good time getting to know Nick and getting to know about his old Jeep that we'll get to here in a little (laughs) bit because they found it and uh, we're super excited about it. But all right, I got two more beers of uh, the mango cart from golden road here at HQ beer, beer fridge. So I'm diving into those uh, while Nick, why don't you do some buy and sell?
1: All right. So there's a lot of people when it gets hot outside, (laughs) I don't know if you ever notice this. Everybody wants to get out of winter. Everybody wants to get into warmer weather. The minute it gets hot, it's like, wow, it's really hot. So we got a little bit of a heat wave coming through Vegas and the southwest and whatever. But we've had a pretty smooth road here all the way into July. And you don't always have that, right? You don't, you know, sometimes it gets really warm in March, gets really warm in April, whatever. We've had smooth sailing. So last night, I'm having a conversation, and my family just decides to tell me, a guy that owns a shop and a mobile detailing business, how hot it is outside. (laughs) And I go, you don't say. I'm driving in the truck. I can see the temperature in my truck. It's well in the hundreds. And I'm just thinking to myself, we spend all this time, everybody listening knows what I'm talking about, wanting for the summer almost everybody you know they're waiting for the summer when summer hits all we're getting is i can't believe how hot it is oh it's hot yeah so here's what i'm buying summer's here it's hot i'm gonna enjoy it okay because before you know it it's gonna be cold detailers know what i'm talking about you're dipping your hand in that cold bucket so i'm just gonna vote for i'm glad it's hot outside I mean, maybe, maybe just maybe. Since we've been waiting for summer, let's enjoy it a little bit.
0: Listen, I love the people that that pull up next to me at the stoplights. I know you don't get this, you know, but those of us that don't have doors, people love to pull up and go, "Hey, is it hot?" <laughs> like, you got to look out and go, "Like, wait, what are you talking to me?" Like, first of all, like, what? I mean, <laughs> hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I love it like no dude yeah. i'm sitting here sweating for the fun of it like of course it's hot man but okay so what i got a do. question
1: does your jeep have ac some days oh uh, okay do you i mean you are you are you a classic roll ac roll doors off no no oh, but see, I'm i was a an ac door guy
0: yeah see i'm a classic when it gets too cold i'm the classic heater and the doors off guy though okay yeah that's i a good will leave the doors off all the way as long as i can sometimes i can usually get to thanksgiving and yeah, then and the weird just, thing is you might
1: it. just have your temperature thrown off because you have so many doors you're not supposed to have. <laughs> so maybe that's screwing your te- temperature control up. <laughs> but those of us that had a real Jeep or a few real Jeeps, I'd go doors off AC. I did have a, a few Jeeps that had no option of the AC. But I think the most comfortable you're ever going to be is, like you said, cold outside, heat blowing on you, or you know, if you do have a Jeep with AC doors off AC blowing, Hey, look, you're burning a few more miles a gallon, but who cares?
0: (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. All right. I am selling to, I'm selling can't just, I'm done. I'm actually been, you know, we had a conversation earlier and there was a moment I had to stop myself to change my vocabulary because I'm really trying to learn to stop. Use the word can't don't anything like that. Right? Like, How do I change it to say, how can I, instead of, I can't do it? I'll give you an illustration, which really came into fact late this afternoon as I went to go get an MRI, not always fun, but as we get older, things happen, right? So uh, you send me the text message about, you know, hey, you know, make sure to check into the shots, the stem cells and that type of stuff. Well, the doctor had already left. So I asked the nurse and she goes, (laughs) oh. You, you're gonna have to make another appointment to ask him that. Ooh. I hey, catch can't? you on the
1: wrong day. That that might <laughs> right? be. Hey, that might be a real <laughs> argument.
0: I I mistakenly said so. I can't ask him these questions now. but right? like I'm already done. You've already finalized it. My coffin's finished. I I should have used a different word. So you're saying that I can ask him these questions? Right, like, so I yeah. can't right, like it goes, what was that movie, so you think there's a chance, right, so you're saying yeah. there's a chance right like <laughs> yeah. i I'm buying that because I've realized too much lately, I use can'ts and don'ts and things that affect me to where I'm not going into the positive direction that I really want to be
1: yeah, no it's it's a good one, but I'm gonna tell you something. you get into that medical world for something you you really could see how people could come unglued in those offices. I mean, you really, it's really shocking there's not more incidents like on the internet on WorldStar, like, hey, this dude punched a doctor, or this this guy did this in the doctor's office. Like, it's a, when you're in pain, a pretty damn frustrating place to be, and there's really not much you can do about it because you're just kind of stuck.
0: Well, yeah, and I made sure to let them know I felt stuck and slow played my way out so much that she goes... No, I, I told you you don't have to stop at the window because she had already gone inside and done her stuff yeah. and came back out, and I'm still sitting there with the brochure, acting like I'm not sure what's going on. Like, no, I don't oh, yeah. need to see that lady. Then the doctor walks. Up, I'm like, so I can't talk to. God damn it! I said it again, right? Like, so I can't yep. talk to him, right? But I yep. said it, and I was like, shoot, like, how do I talk to this guy? But you're right. I I almost tried to get that guy to stop and go, like, listen, dude, I just need to ask you how how do I handle this? Like, yeah,
1: My, and if it didn't get brought up to you and, and, you know, look, you might, you might be headed under the knife or, or, you know, in a scope situation, here's what I found out. I ended up having to go to like three or four different people who were going to offer me alternatives to another major surgery. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just not doing, I've already been in rehab a million years in my life. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Like I need, I need a different solution here. And I got to tell you, man, it's, it's hard to find. Like it's it, everybody look, you know, the way I tell my family and they always get pissed when I say this about our doctors, I go, remember a surgeon can't buy a yacht without doing surgery. I mean, I, you can't buy a bigger mansion if you're not doing a bunch of surgeries. So if I go to a surgeon, why is everybody shocked that they're saying, Oh, you need surgery. Well, well damn dude, you can't buy a new boat.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I, Listen, speaking of boating, we know some people that love being out on boats. You know what? While they were out, I think somebody was a Brent, not the guy out on boats, but he found your Jeep, right? Like, you know, (laughs) I I think Dustin (laughs) wanted to take it boating because it's got that squat on there, right? It's got the, I guess is it the Chrysler People got to go to Hyper Clean
1: Specialist to see one of the worst Jeeps ever. I don't even know what the hell happened. What you hope is he's got a bunch of bricks that he's laying in his patio and he's just, you know, trying to get home. But I think it was on purpose, which makes it all all the more stupid
0: oh brutal brutal so fun jokes there but also so billy had a post and there's a lot of funny jokes about always billy's a great fun yeah fun time but
1: he always he he came
0: up with a a new package huh the 21 double down or something like that like 21 (laughs) layers so we gotta ask the question though right like like because we'll start to get it should you could you can you What's our thoughts on Sparta layering? People are going to ask. And, you know, can you layer Sparta? Are you supposed to layer Sparta? No.
1: What what? It's a five-year coating. It's a single-layer five-year coating. You need to lay it on thick. It's a thicker coating. Uh, it has both the base layer and top coat in the same bottle. Right? So for those that were around when you used to have to lay those separately, you'll be familiar with where we are with the technology in a one-layer system. It just happens to be chemically available to do it in one bottle now. So that's why it's a one-layer system. We are going to be coming out with a product that is used to maintain coatings with a coating product, right? So if you think of Slick, Slick's a water-based product, Spray Coat's a water-based product, those types of things. We know that guys are going to need to maintain these three-year, five-year coatings but we don't want to do it in the traditional sense. So we do have a product that's already been put through testing that's already been used in my company and Marty's had it in people's hands as well. The situation we're in now is there'll be ways to add some things back to that coating system to make you feel comfortable about servicing your client's coatings, but you don't need to actually layer the Sparta coating. It doesn't benefit. You don't double the years. You don't magically get it to to last longer. Uh, that's just an old way of thinking and it's good to address it from time to time.
0: Yeah. Love it. So I thought it was fun too. We got a a post from one of our distributors that actually took a selfie and, uh, you know, fun, love it. Brian took a selfie of dropping off some hyper clean products at a uh, dealership. Brian's one of our distributors and I absolutely loved it, right? Like you gotta love taking the selfie, dropping off some products, seeing some guys at some dealerships, grabbing some hyper clean chemicals. And listen, when you craft products, then you find people, not everybody, right? We understand that. We know that not everybody wants to buy crafted products but you always can find somebody that values a good crafted product and i'd love seeing it there at a dealership listen we have dealerships coming on board more with you know we just got an order is great from keva bringing some uh hyper clean into lucid so that's awesome to see and it's it's great to see the growth of hyper clean especially with new promising uh as we got some some stuff in the works maybe some global stuff about to get inked in and uh we got some good meetings so Yeah, look, I mean, we all
1: don't get time off. I mean, you know, that's what that's the battle with HQ this time, and we we all don't get to go to exotic locations and quote-unquote set up distribution and things like that. So, I mean, I'm not bitter. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we don't have any infighting here at HyperClean, but, yeah, we do have some cool stuff coming, I believe, starting next week and the week after uh, that you're going to be showing on Instagram and different places. And, you know, our whole goal here has been global right is to to start affecting how people see chemicals, right? Efficiency, how they should be crafted, how they should work to the best of our ability and to now see so many people and Brian sharing that. You know, that touches home for you, right? I mean oh, that, yeah, that that's that's the that's the start of your whole venture here is is that you know you were in that world and so I don't know, man. At times, I don't really know what to say. I think you kind of feel the same way as like we're bringing on so many cool people and seeing so many people's success that sometimes you just kind of step back and go, this is this is pretty wild.
0: So new distributor out of Atlanta, which is awesome. Big O stepped into some distribution and just wanted to say it out loud since everybody else, uh, we've said it before when the, the rates were skyrocketing, listen, our shipping rates and the freight rates now are, are falling fast. It's cool to see what yep. new rates are coming out as, you know, whether that's economic, whether that's gas prices, but for some reason we, we've talked about it in the past. So I had to just throw it out. Like we're seeing yeah. some really great freight rates out and, and and it's fun.
1: Yeah. I think, I think what people need to be prepared for is we're going to see prices fall on a lot of things. I mean, who knows when and where, food prices go down or this price goes down. But I mean, even a small thing like going to the grocery store where six months ago, you couldn't see a carton of eggs on the shelf. And now all of a sudden they're so packed, they can't get rid of them. Right. So what you're having is you're starting. And look, I don't want to get into it on this show, but the news coming out of the car market, you want to talk about some panic. You got dealerships now speaking out. They're really panicked on, supposedly there's trail car, uh, train cars sitting with Thousands upon thousands of vehicles just on the tracks, like dealers don't want them. You got Ford in a death spiral. You got all these things kind of happening. This is why I tell people December of this year, when you're looking to buy a vehicle, I think the deals are going to be there. Now, again, I don't know if they're going to be 2019 level, but I'm here to tell you something the death spirals happen. And the ultimate thing that broke the back, which I talked about, I believe, last week, when you see auction prices dipping you know, the world is starting to normalize because the auction for many people that don't understand the car market, the auction is the heartbeat of the car market. That's stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you got to have a pass to get into and see things. Luckily I have like two or three, three of those passes. And, you know, I can go look at inventory at one of the biggest, you know, lifebloods here and in in Vegas up North. And and I got to tell you, I think people need to really kind of hang tight. I think things are going to normalize in a lot of different ways.
0: So I saw something the other day that made me, I mean, maybe do it now. I'm smiling now. Like I drove by speaking of dealerships and I got to see it. It was awesome. Hadn't seen it in a while. It was the old hoods up with the, the big letters in there that say (laughs) sale. And I go, sign. lucky there. Like we're getting some old school.
1: So we've, we've been part of a couple car purchases here in the last couple of weeks. I'm here to tell you, one of them was a Dodge truck and roughly i'm trying to remember off the top of my head you're talking about a $15,000 discount he got on that truck so it's it's starting to hit guys need to pay attention to this this is going to affect detailing right because on both sides of it there's kind of been a stalemate right cars have kind of gone into a stalemate if prices start to really dramatically fall all those customers on the fence even though they're paying higher interest rates consumer when they see prices fall they go think that's a great deal now they don't care about the interest rate as much right so if that gets into consumer confidence hey for detailers you could be detailing and laying some coating, ppf tint on some brand new vehicles at a level we haven't seen in a while it also could go the other way where people are just kind of out i'm not buying for a couple years and they made the decision we won't know till it kind of hits the fan but prices prices are really kind of having a Volcano moment here for some of these brands.
0: Yeah. So Brian was there at the dealership. He was there to solve a problem, right? That's what he's so great at. Like that's why he's continued to have so much success. Yeah. You know, in his business, you've uncovered something though, pretty interesting as as you've dove into something that we're going to move into. And it's you know, there's a lot of dealer detailers that they solve problems that they kind of almost just create on their own selves or don't even need don't to have. solve. Like they don't have walk. Walk us through how you came up I mean yeah, you, so you know so I, 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 I kind of
1: stole yeah I kind of stole an idea uh, and I won't say stolen idea I'll give the credit uh, I saw an interview with Elon Musk and he was talking about one of the problems he's having in his companies because his companies are all full of engineers that engineers always look at everything like there's a problem right that's how they got the stupid yoke steering wheel and the in the model s they, they thought hey let me uh make make the uh steering wheel better well it turns out a round steering wheel works pretty well you need to just move on to building a better car you didn't need to worry about the steering wheel right and so he actually makes a comment he goes you know the hardest thing that i have to deal with is all my engineers are trying to fix problems we don't really have they're there and also he kind of said it in a way fix problems in a way that doesn't the solution isn't better than what was already there, right? Mm. And so when you, when you extrapolate that into to myself as a business owner, you as a business owner, all the detailing business owners or, or enthusiasts that may own a different business listening to this, I think it kind of hit home to me is, are you solving the real problems in your business or are you solving things you already know how to solve? You're just doing them a different way, right? And the number one place we would see this, Marty, and we can start here, guys have access to a good ceramic coating. You know, guys have, you know, know that it works, know that it installs easily. Could be any brand, right? We know there's a few reputable brands out there. That's fine. But all of a sudden, I see today I wake up and I see a detailer, you and I are are really familiar with say, I'm going to change my market. I'm attending a ceramic coating training in the near future. It'll change for my c- Well, that guy already has access to two or three really reputable brands, including ours. That's not his problem. His problem is not finding a reputable ceramic coating. He's already done that. So he's going to another ceramic coating training, solving a problem he really doesn't have. And I think that's a really cool thing to start talking about.
0: It is because in... I've always, you know, been curious, well, why does somebody think, right? Like, why do they think they need to change? Why does, what is it they were trying to solve, right? To your point, it's almost this fictitious type of thing that comes up in their mind. I think there's always been this, there's theory running through my mind is that there's, there's people, there's detailers that believe they need a savior for something, right? Like they, they believe they need somebody else to get them to where they need to be. Right. You find it in the self-helps, you find it in the trainings, you find it in podcast. I mean, you can find it in all kinds of different avenues where people are.
1: Self-help is the most profitable thing in this content world. Right. So books, podcasts, YouTube. I mean, it's 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 endless and it creates more millionaires faster than damn near anything on the planet. Right. Because somebody always thinks to your point to build on your point that, hey, Marty, that guy's got something to sell me over there and that's going to solve every problem that I have. And if you reverse engineer it and say, what problems do I have in my business? If you already have several access to several high quality ceramic coatings that you've already vetted and you know how to install and, you know, they operate well. Well, going to a fourth, a fifth, a sixth ceramic coating training, you're bypassing all of the things that need to be fixed in your business. So what are you doing? You're concentrating your energy on something, on a problem that doesn't need fixing. And you're heading over here and doing something you're comfortable with. And so we can start this conversation simply. You and I know this person, you especially, right? Like you have real knowledge. We're not picking on him, but it's a great example. This guy once upon a time called you and said, I'm moving my family. I'm picking up. I'm going to get in a job. That wasn't that long ago. Okay? So there's the framework that we have behind the scenes knowledge of a really nice guy, of a guy that should make it in business. He's got no reason not to make it in business. Most of the people listening to this have no reason not to make it in business, except for are you going to your third paint correction class? because once you know how to correct paint solving that problem for a third time doesn't do anything for you right so in this particular case we know there's a professionalism problem we know there's a sales problem we know there's a marketing problem because this guy has told you all of those things now he hasn't used those words but he's used all of these other things as to why he was struggling has already shut one shop has already had to go back mobile, has already had to do all these things, which there's no shame in any of that. But when you get word that there's another ceramic coating training that's going to be attended at a cost to his business, and you're bypassing the three, four, five, six, ten 10 other things that need to be fixed, now you not solving the right problems lead to failure. And I think that's what Elon Musk was getting to when I heard his you know, speech about this and, and talk about this. And I think that's why it's so interesting to share with our, our listeners is because you got to back away and solve the problems you really have. But that's also going to be really difficult because a lot of those answers are really difficult. I got to get more professional. I got to get better at sales. I got to get better at marketing. Well, none of that stuff has anything to do with detailing. And that's where I think guys run into an issue.
0: All right, so you said a word there that let's, let's dive into that a bit more, right? Because I think people that are listening would, would be sitting there going, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and they kind of get an idea of what, what we're talking about, but really to put it into perspective so people can you know translate it into their own world in a sense is one problem that we know plenty of detailers have, and you mentioned it there. It's the word professionalism. Now, it doesn't seem like that would be a, a thing that people have a problems with. And most people would probably start to go, whoa, I, oh, I don't have that problem. I'm a yep. pro. I went to my training. I got my certification. I'm a part of this group. And they will fill in, right, fill in the blank with whatever you want to defend that you're a pro, right? Being a pro doesn't necessarily mean you're professional. Uh, they, let's go over some simple things that you know somebody might look at and go a checklist. Am I professional? I, I know one definitely has to be because I got called out on it, and I've said it publicly. I got called out on it. Was my khaki shorts that had you know tire shine stains because I had tire shine on my hand? I went to go rub my pants, or you know I'd yep. clean some wheels and I rubbed my pants, and my attire did not portray. That I was professional.
1: Yep. Yeah. No. I, this is this is the simplest one, and you and I see it, you know, probably on every level, right? Even some people that are getting to some minor level of success and they haven't cleaned up what you would call, uh, you know, I don't know what everyone calls it, but you would call work uniform, right? Uh, when you walk into my shop, my guys uh, out in my mobile units, they're wearing black. Shorts, they're wearing either a dark gray or shaded towards a black polo shirt, and they're wearing black shoes. Now, we work in the heat. I get it. People make all these comments. Modern fabrics, it's pretty irrelevant. Okay. It's pretty irrelevant the color of your shorts, your shirt. You're not going to magically be hotter. Again, when we were wearing thick, you know, non breathable polo shirts, I get it. But marty you know we have polo shirts at hyper clean you you've worn them they breathe it doesn't matter the color of them so that excuse is way out the window with today's fabrics but what's it do as you said doesn't show dirt we work in a little bit of a dirty business so you're going to get dirty so you want to hide the dirt well if you wear white tennis shoes guess what your white tennis shoes are going to look like it's just rock it's not rocket science it is for some They want to wear the coolest, the latest and greatest. I get it, man. If you're a shoe guy, this may be difficult on you. But there's actually a defense of also wearing waterproof, Mm -hmm. like hiking shoes. Okay? That would be more defensible than a guy trying to detail in Jordans and tell me, you know, I'm a shoe guy. You don't understand. Well, look, man, we all do shit at work we don't want to do. And when you're the owner, you better be doing some things you don't want to do. And that is having a uniform and the Mm -hmm. uniform is the uniform and the uniform is across the board, the uniform, and it's a sign of professionalism. And the other thing is it's a polo shirt. It's amazing what this little collar can do for somebody's mindset of your professionalism. I don't make the rules. We live by the rules, right? Hey man, people think guys wearing a polo shirt are more professional than a guy wearing a t-shirt. So guess what? Make your choice on that end. You want to fight that war? Fight the war. Over what? A simple collar? Okay, man. That's not the hill I'm dying on, but some people might.
0: Yep. Uh, And the other hill that people might die on, because you're right, it was about the black, right, for me. It was I wanted to wear khaki because I love khaki shorts, right, and cargo shorts, like, loved it. And that was – I was going, yeah, but this is what I want to wear. And that's really where some some other people fall into that same trap of, well, this is what I want. For a moment, I fell into the trap of I want when I was in some pretty deep depression. And I said, you know what? I want to grow out my beard. I don't grow a good beard. I don't. Like, it's hideous. It's scraggly. It's not really – interesting my beard grows out red so oh there you go it's it's really odd right like with everything and then you got this red beard so i i didn't care though i was in some pretty mental states that weren't fun and so i said you know what i don't care what other people think i want to do this yep Hmm. interesting as i climbed out of depression and looked at myself and go yeah, that's got to go. We got to clean this stuff up, you know, right? We we're, we're going to live some life here, so we better start progressing. And yep. what was really interesting for me was the looks on people's faces came back with, "Oh. Oh, hey. Hi." Right? Like they're yep. just by the physical appearance of wearing something decent, having your logo on it, and having yep. a clean-shaven face wow, it really starts to set people apart as you now are doing some work to give yourself some appearance that qualifies as professional.
1: Yeah, and again, by the way, I know a lot of guys that have long beards that they think they look good because they can grow a thick beard and it still looks stupid. (laughs) Like, I mean, we all know those people. Like, yeah, dude, man, you can grow a good beard. it's still scraggly at the end. People are still like, dude, that looks stupid. And again, it's your life. I'm not, I'm not mad at what somebody does, but we get all kinds of phone calls, text messages, DMs that are people trying to find out ways to grow their business. And then you find they're wearing dirty shorts, dirty shirts, sleeves cut off, beard scraggly. Again, if you got a beard and it's well trimmed, there is no issue. Nobody's telling you not to have a beard. If it's well-trimmed and it's a, it's a great beard, wear the beard, man. It's your life. But there's plenty of us that grow a scraggly beard, and if things get out of control, it looks a certain way to customers or potential customers especially because, yeah, the argument's going to be, well, my customers don't mind. Well, you also don't get a lot of potential customers, right? So, hmm. yeah, your customers know you, so they're cool with it but you're really talking about the potential customers that are judging you, the people that don't know you are judging you. And again, professionalism gets into this place where a lot of people want to be defiant about such simple stuff. And I honestly believe that kind of shows me in a lot of cases I've been aware of, not just detailing those defiant type of people normally just don't have success. If you're going to be defiant on stuff that doesn't really matter, you know, wearing a polo shirt is not that big of a sacrifice if that's where you're going to draw the line, which it's your right to do, I pretty much can know, eh, I'm going to beat that guy. That guy's business ain't going to be here very
0: long. So we've, <laughs> I think it's interesting to kind of look out across the industry and evaluate, right? Like you can literally evaluate people on the way they dress. Not like we want to be that as people that are, you know, sure. like, right. You're not, it's not about sticking your nose up and be like, look how terrible it's not that. Okay. No, no, it's, it's not, it's about just progressing up because, you know, you have experienced, I've experienced, plenty of people have experienced success and success usually comes with some elevation. You generally don't keep, which is what everybody says as you progress through life, generally don't keep those same friends, right? Yeah. Actually do start to become a, Little bit more lonely in a sense of your own world. It's your business. Yep. It's your life. And generally when somebody is progressing, their mental state begins to want to take care of themselves better. It's yep. actually part of well, sort of like you you're wanting to enjoy more because you yeah. can't. And it yeah. puts I mean, off that, hey, you're a yeah. you're a guy you want to be around. You're a guy yeah. you wanna I mean, be handling things.
1: Yeah, if you if you're if you're a guy that's into watches, the watch you bought at 20 is not the same watch you're going to buy at 30. Yeah. Right? If you're a car guy, the same car you you got when you were 20 is not going to be the same quality car you get at 30. That That's the hope. Now, there's a lot of people that will say, well, I always wanted this car. And it, I got you. But let's say you could afford a Porsche at 30 and you could afford a Hyundai at 20. You'd be pretty pumped about buying that Porsche. Right. That's the progression of things. You want to live in a bigger house. You want to live in a better neighborhood. You want That's just the progression of life. And that's why the professionalism thing gets in such a weird area where people are like, well, you don't, you know, nobody can tell me what to do. Yeah, like, I'm not telling you what to do, dude. I don't, I mean, you want to wear your underwear outside and, and try to detail cars it really doesn't bother me. I'm just trying to be more successful and, you know, look a little bit more professional so I can get more customers. I'm not trying to judge somebody. Like I, I'm not a clothes guy. So trust me when I say I'm not judging another guy's clothes. I'm just telling you the rules of business. You don't walk into Best Buy and everybody's wearing tank tops. I mean, it just, that's not what's happening. You don't go into your local lawyer's office and say, Hey, no big deal that this dude's rocking uh swim trunks and a tank top on a Tuesday. You know, my murder trial's coming up. I feel ultra comfortable. This guy knows what he's doing. So it's funny that people draw lines on these stupid things, but if, if the shoe was on the other foot, those are the same people who are like, well, I'm not buying something from him. Look how he's dressed. Isn't that funny? Like some of the guys that we know that are the, the scraggly, you know, are, are scraggly beards, whatever. They're always talking about going into some place, not getting the service they deserve. Mm. It's like the same guy. And you're mm. like, well, wait a minute, man. You're not the most professional guy on your business. Oh, but you know, they need to treat me like this. This company, you know, they won't even let me shop there anymore. I, I bet you remember that story from the pub, right? And that guy fits the description, yeah? So yeah. the bottom line is I don't care what anybody does. I do care about sharing the realities with people that do want to get better because that's the questions we get the most. The questions we get the most aren't like, hey, how can I do worse? It, as a, We never get that question. We get, how can I hire? How can I grow? How can I make more money? That's why we talk about these things.
0: Mm-hmm. So somebody that is, you know, let's, let's go into both of those, right? Let's say I have, I, I don't think I have enough customers, right? Like, is my problem my product? No, it's probably, like we said earlier, it's probably your marketing. And it could be your professionalism, right? Like, maybe the problem doesn't need to be solved with a new product. Maybe it should be be solved some other way. So how do we begin to examine then the problems of our business? I mean, how do you said earlier, take a step back? Okay. Well, what, I don't know what taking a step back means. That means where people go, Hey, work, work on your business, not in your business. Uh, Okay. So take a step back and evaluate, Um, how do I do this? Yeah.
1: So Number one, if I have a ceramic coating that does what it says it's going to do, I can apply it in a reasonable amount of time. I like the company. It's safe to say that jumping to a new ceramic coating company is not really going to benefit me that much. Now, we have plenty of guys jumping to Sparta because they have failures on, on other companies' coatings, or they have way too much time wrapped up in the installation. And those guys have stepped back and said, I can't keep doing this. So I got to fix that. And that could be a legitimate problem for some of you listening. Shouldn't take you hours to put a coating on. Not in 2023. Let me be clear about that. If that's where you're at, you need, you need to jump to Sparta. Okay? That can be a problem. That's not a problem for most people running a legitimate business that have been doing ceramics for a while and have really started to hone in on what is a quality product. Okay? So when you take a step back, when I take a step back, when, when, when we take a step back at Hyperclean, the reality that we have to face is when you're looking at marketing and sales, the greatest part is these are black and white. Let's just say you have a website, you have a phone number, how many calls you get in a day? How many emails you get in a day? That's, that's a black and white number. Okay. And I mean, you need to start picking up every phone call. I don't care if it might be spam. You need to figure out how many real business calls you're getting. And I bet there's a lot of people that can't answer that. At my company, we have what, seven or eight cell phones total in VR? I know all the incoming and outgoing calls. I know what's going on. I I know all that data. We pull that data together. We can analyze what's going on. I can see how many emails and text messages I personally get from different things going on in VR. So If all of a sudden the incoming stuff drops to a level that's uncomfortable, I may have a marketing problem. Now, let me be fair about something. Damn near every company can do better on marketing. So, marketing and sales is never going to be good enough. So, before I went to another ceramic coating training and we're putting ourselves in the shoes of the guy we're discussing, I'd be going to a marketing training and a sales training in his shoes long before I thought about ceramic coating training. If I was already on board with Sparta and I solved that part of my business for a guy listening, I'm out of the ceramic coating solving of my business. I solved the problem. Now I need to go look at professionalism, sales, marketing. How much money are we bringing in? How many sales are we closing? What's the percentage we've closed of every call we get, every email we get? Now you start to hone in on being a true business owner. Mm
0: Mm-hmm and the cancer i think that that causes the well the the issues in a sense is the cancer of i'm a good detailer though right like <laughs> i've got a really good skill set did you see what i just did on this car which yep. is what we all love right like we love yep. to put out great results i do i i i love to take a car that wasn't so yep. great and make it great like <laughs> that's I what said you the get the addicted
1: to i mean that's what yeah, keeps you a, I, into this thing,
0: I, I get addicted to cleaning. I love to just clean stuff. Like it, to me, it wasn't so much of the polishing, which is why I moved out of that pretty quick. It was I love to clean things randomly. Like that to me, I still think of it. and I go, that's just so interesting. Like I'm yeah. still curious why I like to clean things. But yep. you know, to be a good detailer, that that actually kind of hinders professionalism. It, it kind of hinders and begins this cancer that. Send you down a road of being good at a skill set.
1: Yeah. So to, 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 to answer your question, there's two things that I, I had to come to terms with. Being a good detailer is not being a good detailing business owner. Mm. Those two things are really not related. You want them to be because that'd make you feel better that I I got all these skills and those skills are so important to me and I've spent so much time on them. But running a business is completely opposite of developing detailing skills, right? A good business owner understands profit and loss statements. They understand how to deal with an accountant. They understand how to hire a lawyer. They understand how to build standard operating procedures. They know how to Uh, to talk to insurance agents. I mean, I'm just listing a few off the top of my head. Not one of those things has very much to do with being an awesome detailer except for your standard operating procedures. But once you have those in your company, you'll, you'll always go back to them and refine them. But once you know how to polish a car to some level of competency, the only way to get better at polishing a car is to polish a few more cars. And then at some point, you're to the point where you go, There's a law of diminishing returns, yet so many people go and they learn to sand cars or this and that, and when you ask them, oh, you got a lot of people asking you to sand cars? Nope, not one. That's a weird skill set to add that nobody's asked you for. We're only doing PPF at the shop because my customers were in dire straits and said, enough's enough, you need to do our PPF. I wasn't going to just add PPF because I thought it was cool. There's no reason to do that. Right, My business is already doing well. I, I can keep growing it. I can keep making more money. I think we get to this place that we think being a great detailer means I should own a business. And I'll say it for the millionth time on this podcast. if If what your passion is, is being a badass detailer, I think that's cool. But you need to go work for somebody. That's what you need to go do. Because guess what? Now you can be in the back of the shop and you can kick ass and you can take four hours on a on a car and you can get paid what you're worth. I don't want to hear this. Plenty of people making six figures working at detailing shops now. PPF shops, tent shops. Don't bullshit me. I got guys making a ton of money at VR. Hey, paydays coming this Friday. Those are some big numbers. Don't bullshit me. Okay? That's what everybody always says in response to that. Oh, I can make more money on my own. Ask Ask anybody that's lived in an area, built a successful detailing shop. We got distributors that tell you this all the time. I offer guys five, six times what they've ever made on their own, and they just don't want to work for somebody because they've convinced themselves they're making seventy grand a year. Well, most of you make $27,000 a year. That's what the stats tell us about detailing. And so you want to sit in the dark and tell yourself that your detailing skill is going to be directly related to being a detailing business owner It has nothing to do with any of it, nothing.
0: So business can actually boil down to some pretty simple things. Then we, you say it multiple times, we overcomplicate, right? There's a lot of times we, we just naturally want to solve problems. We don't have, right? We naturally want to act busy doing something that seems businessy, right? Like I'm, I'm doing something. I I feel like I'm progressing. However, you you start talking to people that have had success, people that have been in companies for a long time or built stuff, they actually would say it boils down to pretty simple things. I, I think you would you've given the illustration. And I know when when we've talked, you we've talked about it, is like you can actually take a skills, you know, the skill set of being a, an entrepreneur, of being a business owner, the the discipline of it, the the personality of it, who you are. And you can begin to take that and move it over into completely different industries. It doesn't even have to stay in the same industry. Like you could look over at a plumbing company and you could go, Hey, I can see some problems at this company. Maybe I should just buy this company. I don't know anything about plumbing, but could you, you think that you could just buy some company in another industry and use the core basics of what we teach and talk about here at the the Pines Polish podcast and then go in and make another company successful.
1: Yeah. I I, I mean, you know this. I have investments in other companies. I, I've made the choice from the very beginning that I like putting my money in things that I have somewhat of a say in. You know, that's not always easy to do with, you know, the stock market or something like that. So I've invested in other things where I could take my expertise. But some guys that I've learned from, and there's a group of guys that it's an investment group into businesses There's some guys that are 65 years old. They built companies that were theirs like in their 20s and 30s, several of them, you know, in whatever industry they were doing, construction or whatever. And now these guys have ownership stakes in 10, 15, 20 different businesses, all of them unrelated. And these guys are making more money than they can even spend because guess what? Everything's transferable. Once you know how to run a successful business, the principles are the same in everybody's business. You've got to market to a customer. you got to sell that customer. you got to fulfill the service or product to that customer. Name me a business that doesn't operate that way. Apple, Amazon, doesn't matter. Hell, a big oil company. They got all these expenses everybody looks at. They market it. They sell it to different companies, to different people. They get it out of the ground. They get it delivered to your, wherever it is you are. There's no difference. And part of the, the, you know, you used the word cancer, which I really like. Part of the cancer in detailing is everybody in detailing feels like detailing is special. Mm. Right? I'm special because I detail cars. It's the participation trophy mindset is so prevalent in detailing. We're special because we detail cars. No, man, there's a plumbing company across the street making $40 million a year. Right across the street, there's a restoration company that's right outside my shop. There's two $2 billion casinos outside. Guess what? At the casino, you got to market, you got to sell, you got to deliver on running a casino. It is no different for any other business. And there's so many guys that love to think, I'm going to show you, you know, I'm going to do it my way. And guess what you're going to do? Market, sell, provide the service. You're not going to do anything new. There is nothing new because that's the basis of business. Now you can put your own little spin on marketing, your own little spin on your sales process. Okay, fine. But you're still marketing. You're still selling. You're still providing a service.
0: Maybe most people just kind of get bored with doing the same thing over and over. I think like the discipline of continuing to do, as you said, like, do what you do best and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Oh, yeah. There's probably a lot of people that just kind of go, well, but I'd really like to try this. I'd really like to try something else. Is yeah. that what you're saying
1: do? You know, the greatest way to do that is to make a lot of money. This is like the unspoken rule that everybody in detailing wants to dodge. I, I just love detailing. Because it's not about the money. I still don't, I haven't seen anybody not charging for their services. So I do believe it's somewhat about the money. But the best way to get into a place where if you are a person that says, man, I would love to invest in multiple things. That takes money. This investment group is full of people with money. Now, the only way you get into the investment group is if they think you have some value and understanding of business. So you talked earlier about we all want to elevate. Well, the thing about elevating is when you elevate the food chain, people are going to judge you on what kind of money you have to put into a deal. You and I have magically been in a lot of week-long, two-week-long, three-week-long business negotiations that you and I have direct relation on where we're talking to somebody about opportunity and he waits all the way to the end and he goes, well, you know, my wife, I don't really have any money to put in, but I I can work really hard. It's like, yeah, that's not how this thing works, my man. There's going to be an investment. So I'm sympathetic to those that want to invest in other things. But the word invest inherently means cheddar, means money. So you've got to run your detailing business successfully on a high level to get the respect of people to invite you into these opportunities. Because guess what? Just like we kind of talked on last week's episode, everybody's always watching you. They may not always be paying attention to what you're doing, but they're watching what you're doing. And so if you don't act right in a certain situation or you don't do certain things, somebody somewhere is watching that and going, ah, eh, don't talk to him about this opportunity. It's not really for him. If you did act right in that situation, what if that guy's the key to this next investment you can make? And oh, by the way, when that investment comes up, you better have the money because they're assuming you have the money. That's why they're contacting you. And so what, what a lot of guys don't understand is this snowball is all connected to running the most successful detailing business you can run and the doors will open to all these other opportunities. But a lot of guys never get out of the first, first few steps there
0: because maybe they weren't professional, right? Maybe because they didn't do all the things that needed to happen in order to grow the business. They were trying to solve problems that didn't need to be solved. They were doing things that they really didn't need to be do, And then it comes to a moment where they get an opportunity and they're not able to capitalize on it. And they have to go off and try and find a another coding or another brand or another person that maybe or that another, will be their or What about
1: another opportunity? You and I talk about this. I think this would be interesting to end the podcast with this. There's there's a really big misconception that's very damaging to people. And it was kind of damaging to me. And that's why I'll share it. This idea that you get an unlimited amount of opportunity is bullshit. Mm-hmm because I'll tell you where it hit, hit me 2008, nine and 10, the real estate market crashed. What I should have done. I already went all in, but I should have went like, went like 5,000 times in. I should, I knew what I was seeing in real estate was like, I, I, I know that I'm right. I should have, I should have went in 500 X what I did and I already put everything on the table. I've, I've shared this on the podcast before. Like, I already went where I didn't know how I was going to eat. Looking back, I thought because, oh, no big deal, man. I'll get this opportunity again. Bullshit. Has anybody looked at home prices? And they're not coming down. It's a supply issue at this point, right? Supply and demand is so out of whack. I mean, it's going to be another 10 years before this is sorted out probably. I didn't get another bite at the apple. That's not true. And that's what so many of these dipshits on the internet tell guys. Oh, you're 25, you'll have tons of opportunity. No, you won't. No, you won't. I'm telling you, no, you won't. And I'm talking about the home runs, the triples, the things that really move the needle. You'll get a bunch of offers to do things that hit singles and don't move the needle. But I'm talking about the big things that change your life. You don't get 500 bites at the apple. That doesn't happen. So you got to be ready when the shit comes in front of you. And look, I, I can speak for myself. Like, I'd be in a much different spot. Look, I'm in a pretty great spot. I'm very happy with where I'm at. I'd be in a whole different spot if I'd have known that this thing of 08, 9, 10, 11, that this ain't coming back again, dude. You better go get every dollar from every human that you know. And you. I could have changed literally like three generations of my family in 2008, 9, and 10, along with everybody else that was that was of age back then. If you would have just bought every house, every apartment, everything you could get your hands on, you'd be on a yacht somewhere. And some guys are. But I just thought, hey, Marty, this will come around again, man. Don't worry. There'll be another deal. Yeah, there's other deals. There's no other deals like that. And so the opportunity's not coming
0: back. Well, yeah. And that's why we've said if anybody that's thinking of distribution, thinking of something they need to not – change direction of your business, it's adding in what you've learned in your skill set, what you've learned in business, and adding that in to grow further out into distribution to only your customers, to also the car shows, to all the different people that you can begin to now put out the great crafted products, as well as the information of you, the specialist, being the distributor, helping people We keep hearing over and over and over of people going, wow, I'm so ready to get into it. I'm ready. And they are starting to continue to climb and go forward. It is an opportunity, though, that some people start to question and then they go, "Mm, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. And
1: I want to build on the distribution thing. If you really love detailing and you love sharing all the processes you've developed and all the things you love about detailing a car, go share it. Yeah. but go share it with a chance to make some money on it. Right. Go share your information. That's what's kind of the head scratcher about some of the guys sitting on the fence sometimes. Cause I go, this guy loves talking about his processes. Dude, there's people that want to learn. And then they'll magically hand you over money for product to run your processes in their driveway or, you know, their guy at their detail shop at their, you know, construction company will come and learn from you and they'll go buy it for their 500 construction vehicles that they want to keep clean. Like you're so right on the distribution thing, but everybody thinks opportunity is always going to be there. You know, we now with Marty's help moving into a more global footprint and guys will see some things next week on, it's not always going to be there. It just isn't. And so you better make a move if you're ready to make a move on something in business, because this idea that it's going to come around again a lot of times it just never does.
0: Yep, that's absolutely true. All right, man, great talk. All right, bro.
1: See you next I'm week. Finished
0: up with some mango cart, and uh,
1: dude, you don't have to tell people you're drinking a fruit-based beer. I mean, it's like redundant at this point. We got a fruity pebbles gang. It's got to get a new beer.
0: We're exploding I mean, for no all way. these guys that hey, for all these
1: guys that love
0: these manly beers. Boy, there's a lot of fruit beers out there, huh? Dude, did did you hear last night on the or You know we're we're now in on draft at at local bars. Fruity Pebbles is live at local bars. We're we're let, infecting the entire Let me, let entire me not hurt Derek's here.
1: feelings here. First of all, New Jersey is not everywhere. I was in Newark coming back from Scotland armpit of america so yeah you guys got newark new jersey good for you the rest of us in the big boy cities that know how to run an airport you know we're gonna we're gonna stay off the draft of the fruity pebbles so i'll make sure that Too i'm bad. gonna place some calls around the u.s hey gotta put a stop to this start lobbying people don't don't let this infect the world but i uh, know i did hear that so that's a pretty cool story
0: all right man have a great all week all right, we'll good. see you talk to you